We started a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, we started a series of messages based on our core values. And our core values are anchored in our mission and vision as a church. And so one of the things that we're going to do, as long as we're in this series, is to try to continue to remember our mission and vision as we launch into these messages so that we understand what it is that all this is based on. And so um, the way we're doing this is we're actually asking you to participate in it. And so let, let's go over these again as you try to remember our mission and vision. So first, we're, let's look at our mission. We'll put it up here on the screen. Say it with me. Grace Fellowship exists to glorify God by bringing people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is lived out through our vision, which is Grace Fellowship is a community of believers where each person believes in Jesus Christ and has a growing faith, belongs to a small group where Christian relationships can develop and grow, becomes more like Jesus daily in attitude and action. Now you're going, wow, we're going to say this every week? And the answer is yes. Because maybe by the end of this series, it begins to, to seep in. It begins to be something that you can remember. Uh, last week we gave uh, cards. Many of you got those cards. If not, we have a few left. If you'll come by the office, we'll be happy to provide one of those with you. It lists our mission, vision, and values. And it gives a kind of a picture of what our strategy is as a church. And so we're excited about that. We're looking forward to actually sharing that with you and, and hope that we can. Now, this morning, you received a piece of a puzzle. That should have been in your seat. One was put in every seat. Uh, if not, I see a section over here that's got plenty of them. And so, but you received a piece of this puzzle. And uh, now, here's the disappointing part for some of you. We're not going to stop now and put it together. That's not why you've got it. The reason you have it is because you are unique. I'm not trying to flatter you. I'm just telling you the truth. You are unique. There's no one else like you. Even if you have an identical twin, you share a lot of things in common, a lot of similarities, a lot of traits, maybe even a lot of, uh, of, of ways that you do things, but there's still no one else like you. There never has been. There never will be. You are, like the piece of the puzzle that you hold in your hand, unique among all the other pieces that are out scattered today. Each of you is a piece of the puzzle. Now, funny thing about puzzles, by themselves, I couldn't tell you at all what this picture was to be. Mine's got a flat edge. I know that this is one of the pieces that you want to find at the beginning, right? To start putting in and find the corners and find those straight edges and try to piece those in so you can begin to, to put the, the thing together. But every one of these pieces is necessary. If the puzzle is, is going to come together, and I actually have the box here. Um, I brought it with me. There's still a few pieces left in this. Uh, but this, this won't surprise anybody. This is ice cream. If you know me, you go, okay, well, that figures. I figured it had to be either ice cream or Krispy Kreme donuts, one or the other. But the piece that you hold in your hand fits somewhere on this picture. The reason they give you this picture is to help you as you put it together because when you get to the end, this is supposed to be what it looks like. 
And this is very much like the church. Each of us is unique. Each of us has our, our own little uh, eccentricities, our, only, our own differences. Each of us has our own shape, our own colors. But we all fit together. In my uh, growing up, we occasionally put puzzles together. We had a kitchen table uh, that my sister still uses. We had a kitchen table that was uh, kind of the, the gathering spot in the house. There was really no other large spot. And so that would be, if we were going to put a puzzle together, that's where it would go. And we'd put it out there, and my mom and dad and, and my brother and sister and I, we'd put the pieces together. And it might take us a while to get it done, but we, we'd always, you know, we'd start putting all the pieces together. And, it, and the picture began to form. Uh, but my dad, I don't know why we, were, we didn't catch on a little earlier. My dad always somewhere along the process would take a little piece and just slide it in his pocket. And then we'd get to the end and there'd be one piece missing and he'd be putting it on a show trying to find that little piece of puzzle, looking under the table, looking under the chairs. Everybody else, you know, we're searching the house. We're looking at the garbage. We're looking everywhere to try to find that piece of the puzzle until finally when we all got our backs turned, my dad pulls it out and he puts it in and he completes the picture. But here's the thing. God has made you and shaped you, uniquely designed you to fit within the body of Christ. And when you're missing, it matters. We are unique individuals who were designed by our Creator to fit together with other unique individuals to show the world what Jesus looks like. We're building a picture of Jesus. And so this this is your takeaway. This is your memory jogger. And I want to ask you to hang on to it. To put it there, to remind you of a couple of things. First of all, to remind you that you are unique. God designed you, made you, shaped you, gifted you, just like you are. And there's no one else like you. But it is also a reminder that you are part of a bigger picture. It's not just you so put this somewhere you can you know put it on you know put a little magnet on it stick it on your refrigerator put it on your dresser your bedside table wherever it is to to be a reminder and i know some of you actually do this because some of you still tell me that when we did that sermon years ago with the new crayola crayons that some of you still have that crayola crayon somewhere and so here it is i i will uh take it with you and and that can be a part of uh, who we are as a people is a reminder for us. So, where are we today in our core values? Well, let's go backwards. Let's go back two weeks ago. The first message had to do with excellence, and the first core value was excellence matters because it honors God and inspires people. We talked about excellence, not perfection, but giving the very best that we could of all our hearts and all our lives in order to glorify God and to bring people to Christ. Last week, uh, Michael preached, and in Michael's sermon, he not only had his cowboy picture, Michael also reminded us about change, and that core value is that all healthy things grow, and all growth involves change. Changes can be hard, it can be challenging, but it's necessary for growth. Well, today's core value is this. God has called every Christ follower to be a full participant in the life of the local church and has uniquely gifted them for that role. 
Now, there are any number of scriptures I could have pulled from to, to back this up, to undergird this, to prove the point. Uh, you'll remember that Paul writes to both the church in Rome and the church in Corinth. And, and in writing to both of those churches, he is he's giving them a picture of the, the church as the body, that every part of the body is important. And I figured you already had that illustration, right? You, are, you, you already have a body, so you know that each part is important. And you know when parts don't work like parts of, are supposed to, that it affects the entire body. And so you already have that illustration. Now you've got this illustration. I, if, maybe, if, maybe if there were puzzles like this in Paul's time, maybe he would have used this. But whatever imagery it takes to, to get you to understand who you are and how you fit and how important you are. We want to use that imagery. We want to use whatever we've got to try to help that sink in. But this morning, I want us to look not to the words of Paul. We'll pick on some of those in a few minutes. But I want us to actually look at Peter, the Apostle Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 4. Just a couple of verses here, but man, are they impactful verses. 1 Peter chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 10 and 11. And this is what God's Word says. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And this is powerful. This is Peter trying to help us to understand who we are and how we fit in God's great plan. And so I'd like us to take a few minutes this morning to consider this passage and some of the truths that it teaches us. And the first truth is really simple. The first thing he tells us is, you are gifted. You are gifted. Peter's words are based on the assumption that each believer has at least one gift. Otherwise, how could you use it if you don't have it? And he's told you to use it. There's an assumption here that you have at least one gift that you can use. You didn't get left out. Now, you may not have some of the same giftedness that the person sitting next to you on the row has. You may not have the same giftedness that your husband or wife, father, mother, brother, sister, child. You may not have their same giftedness, but God has gifted you in a very special way, a very unique way, so that no one else in the whole world is like you. In 1 Corinthians twelve seven, Paul says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And so the challenge for us is, first of all, to accept that we're gifted, because some of you have a trouble with that. Some of you think, oh, I, I don't have anything. Woe is me. I, I don't have any gifts. I don't have anything I can share. I don't have any part in the body of Christ. That's not true. Each of you do. It's just that you've never discovered what those gifts are in order to put those gifts into practice. And so I want to give you four avenues that you can find to help you discover what that giftedness is all about. And so here they are, the first one, and these, I'm going to go through these very, very quickly. Um, you, can, you can jot it down, but I, I'll actually give you uh, something to help you here. The first is assessments. What does that mean? Uh, that does not mean you sit down with me and we take a test. 
But there are spiritual gifts tests that you can take. And in fact, in order to help you, on the top of our web page, gracefellowship.ws, there is a link at the very top. We put it at the top. You can go click that link and it will take you to a place where you can download a PDF thing where you can do a self-evaluation of your spiritual gifts. If you've never done that, you may want to do that. If it's been a while since you've done it, it's a great place to start to say, okay, how gifted am I? What, in what areas am I gifted? That helps to understand what, what your shape is. The second thing is affirmations. What do I mean by that? That is, when people catch you doing things and they go, wow, you're good at that. You've really got a knack for that. Have you ever thought about doing this so you know if you're friendly if you're outgoing if, you know they may go wow you know you really are you you could you could get in a conversation with a with the wall do you ever think about being a greeter we need people who aren't afraid to step over that barrier and speak to people do you think about doing that or wow you're really good with children have you ever thought about going and, and serving in the in the nursery or serving in powerhouse Wow, I've been standing beside you for three weeks now, and your voice is awesome. Why aren't you up there singing? Why, why don't you maybe plug into the choir? Check that out. There's all kinds of areas of giftedness, and, and you want to listen. I know you all, oh, we're humble. Oh, shucks, don't tell me that. But we want to listen. We want to hear that, because that may be God speaking to you to affirm that you this is something you're good at. A third way is, is by your passions. That is those things that you, uh, you really enjoy doing. Now, eating and sleeping probably would not be in that group, okay? I know a lot of you have, wow. But you may, you may love to have people over at your house. You may love to work on uh, automobile engines, or, or you may love to get out and ride motorcycles. You may love to do a lot of things, and you have a real passion for that. Can I tell you, that just about anything that you can do, you can do for Jesus. Just about anything. Um, I've got right up here, this is so cool. I have a quilt. This could also be an illustration of each, each part fitting together to make the whole. Isn't this beautiful? Okay. Um, this is not just if you get cold. We actually now have a quilting affinity group. In other words... Um, the, Jerry, um, it, look back here on the, can you turn around and look back there? Okay. Some of you would, like, would say, man, I would love to be able to do something like this. This is so cool. I wish I could do that. There are people who've got passion and skill and knowledge. And this is an affinity group that we're getting ready to start. And Jerry's going to be back here uh, at the end of the service. If you're interested at all in something like this, but you're not just making these to take it home and throw it on your bed and say, wow, man, my bed looks good. No, these are actually being made to give away to people who may be going through chemotherapy, to people who may be going through dialysis, to shut-ins who may be at home, um, all kinds of needs. And that's why these would be put together. Not to be, not to be kept and treasured, although this certainly would be something to be treasured. But it's a treasure to give away. 
Now, maybe at one time it was, I remember my grandmother, she had a, a little quilting thing set up and everybody would come over and they'd sew quilts. And, and it was necessary because they had to use those. Those were things they couldn't do without it. They, they, the heating wasn't adequate, the insulation wasn't adequate in homes, and so they had to find ways that they could do that. But most of us, most of us have that well in hand. But what a great gift. What a great expression of the love of Christ to be able to take something like this and to give it to someone who's having to sit there and go through these chemo treatments, having to sit there and go through those dialysis treatments to have something to put on them, not just to keep them warm, but also to remind them of the love of Jesus Christ. Just about anything that you can do, you can do for Jesus. And the third way is by practice. And what I mean by practice is is pretty simple. And that is, try it. Just launch out there. Somebody may go, man, we're starting to do this, or we've got this need, and you go, well, you know what? When I did my spiritual gifts inventory, that didn't pop up as one of my spiritual gifts. Um, I've never really done it, so I really don't have any passion about it. Nobody's ever said, wow, you're really good at that. But I I see a need, and I'd like to step in. I'd like to, to do this. There have been a ton of people who have discovered, quite by accident, an area that they're passionate about serving in, because they were willing to try it. Just to step up. Just to, to roll up their sleeves. Just to, to jump in and give it a try. And so here are just four ways to begin to discover your gifts. But I can't, I can't do this for you. This has got to be you. We can help you as a church find ways to use your gifts, but I can't go in and, and do this and go, okay, well... All right, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about Everett Copeland and, and I'm going to fill out his spiritual gifts inventory. I could tell you a few things about Everett, but do I know him like he knows him? No. And so you, you need to do this. Each of you need to find ways that you can do this. Okay, uh, just enough about that. Let me, let me go on. So each of you are gifted. Secondly, you are gifted to serve others. You are gifted to serve others. You're not gifted simply to enjoy the gifts for yourself. To celebrate the gifts for yourself. Your gifts have a function, and that function is within the body of Christ. It is to serve the Lord and to serve others. Sometimes that's inside the walls. And there are lots of things that happen on the inside of the walls. Uh, I know we get to see this occasionally, and some of, sometimes you just run out of time. That's certainly understandable. Uh, but I know that uh, when we bring, when it's our turn, when we're in the rotation to bring food uh, for the fellowship table out here on Sunday morning, when it's our turn, uh, most likely Nancy's not in the kitchen slaving away on Saturday trying to get all that stuff done because for her it would be slaving away. It's just no fun. She doesn't enjoy that. But others of you love it. Man, if you've got flour all over the place and, you know, butter smeared on the counter and, you know, bowls stacked up and spoons, you know, if you've got all that stuff going on and you got your apron on, you are in your environment. Man, you love to do that kind of stuff. And listen, when you bring it on Sunday morning, there's a huge difference between an Oreo cookie and one of those cream cheese things. Oh, man, that's awesome. But here's part of the difference. It's not that one person's lazy and the other person's diligent. 
It's just that one person gets no thrill out of it, and the other person loves it. That's something that's done inside the walls as we serve a small thing, but you have no idea how much those things that you bring on a Sunday morning make a difference to the fellowship. And you need to understand that fellowship, we, we minimize fellowship. When we look at the five purposes of the church, we put fellowship down at the bottom. That's the least of all things. But let me tell you what, fellowship is part of our witness. See how they love one another. So you're gifted, you're gifted to serve, but not only inside the walls, you're gifted to serve outside the walls. If you can drive a nail, you can drive a nail for Jesus. If you can wash a car, you can wash a car for Jesus. If you know how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide, you can do it for Jesus. There are kids that need it desperately. If you know how to read, you can read for Jesus. You can do all of this inside the walls, outside the walls. In fact, I'm convinced that all of us should have a ministry inside and a ministry outside. Plugged in to the body of Christ, but also serving with the body of Christ out in the world. The third thing that we get from this passage is there are many gifts and many different ways to serve. And we've just talked about that a little bit, but I want to touch on what Paul says. I told you I would in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm just going to ask you to listen with me. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to begin reading verse 7. And Paul says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. In other words, it's not just for me, it is to serve others. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. In other words, all this is coming from God, from the Holy Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between the Spirits, to another speaking a different tongue, kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. And all these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Just as the body, the one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Listen to this. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, that I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, parts in the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but only one body. The Holy Spirit gives all kinds of gifts to all kinds of of people. Some of those gifts are upfront public kinds of things because some of you are sitting there and you heard about giftedness and you're going, okay, I can't sing, I can't preach, I can't teach. If I got out there and had to hold a microphone, I would absolutely be petrified. Some of you go, I, I don't have those gifts. I, I, it's just not something I have. 
And that's okay. God didn't give all those gifts to everybody. But do you realize in order for all this to happen up here, there's a whole lot that happens behind the scenes in preparation for Sunday, back in the, the sound booth with the video and the lights and the sound and, and all that. All that comes, it doesn't happen by magic. You know, it's not a one button, boom, it's all done. There's a lot of behind the scenes and some of you have more behind the scenes, less upfront, less public kind of gifts. But all of those are important. Here's what Paul says. Nobody can say, my gift's not as good as yours. And nobody can say, your gift's not as good as mine. God just designed us differently. He shaped us differently. But when someone is missing, this is really important. When someone is missing, a part of the body's missing. When someone's not connected, then a part of the body is not connected. Um, we had a chance, uh, Caleb, Michael, and I had a chance to go to a, a conference over the last couple of days, and, and it was great, and, and it was really, uh, it, was, it was a lot of good stuff, and we're still kind of processing that. But one of the things that happens in a, a conference like that is you end up sitting like you're sitting right now, except the chairs weren't quite as comfortable and didn't have weren't quite as spacious, okay? Uh, and... Uh, what happened was I was able to work myself around because I was getting a little uncomfortable where I could just cross one leg without, you know, hitting somebody or whacking the person ahead of me. I was able to cross one leg and I left it there for a little while because I was taking notes and everything. And then it's over and we're getting ready to stand up and sing. You can guess what happened. That foot went to sleep. And so it, you know, I'm just kind of trying to st stand up to sing and i got a foot that's not working. It's still there. It's just numb. I can't feel it. It's not responding the way I want it to. But imagine, the parts just started missing. Wow, when I went to bed, my fingers were there, and I wake up this morning, they're gone. What happened to that kneecap? I know it was there a minute ago. Well, that's exactly what happens in the body of Christ. People pull away, they, they, they disengage, they, they disconnect. They're that piece of the puzzle hidden in the pocket. And it hampers the work of Christ, both inside and outside the walls. And the last thing I want to say is this, when we use our giftedness and serve, we do so to bring praise to God and to point to Jesus. Now here's the deal. When we do something in service, we help someone else. We bless them in that way. And you know this from experience. When you serve someone else, you also receive a blessing. And some of you have told me that I go and I do this kind of service, but I, I come back more blessed than the people I went to help. I've, I've heard you say that. But do you realize that neither blessing that other person nor receiving the blessing for yourself is the objective? It's not the objective. The objective is to point people to Jesus. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they could see your good deeds. And do what? Praise you? No. Praise your Father in heaven. Give thanks to God for you being there. 
When we do that, it not only blesses us and blesses others, it points people to God, but it also points people to the reason we're doing it. What's behind that? And that's why I say ministry is service in Jesus' name. We don't want to just leave it hanging. We want to to point people to Jesus. And when we serve other people, it is an opportunity to bring along, why are you doing this? Because God loves you and so do I. Why are you doing this? Because Jesus was kind to me and showed mercy to me and, and I've been called to show mercy to you. Why are you forgiving me? Because Jesus forgave me. You have an opportunity to build that bridge, to make that connection, to point people to Christ. In fact, many times when we are serving others in Jesus' name, it's like tilling up the soil in order for the good seed of the gospel to be planted. So when we're not doing it, we're not building those bridges, we're not tilling that soil, we're not pointing people to Christ. This Listen, this message is not about guilt. Well, you know, he's right. I ought to be doing more. That's not what it's about. This message is about belonging and becoming. This message is about being the church. Not just coming to church, but actually being the church. Asking yourself, how am I, how has God shaped me? How has God made me? And noticing He made me to fit into something bigger than me. There's a picture that we're putting together for the world to see. And if my part is missing, the picture will be incomplete. As I was doing uh, my quiet time a few weeks ago, I ran into this quote by A.W. Tozer. Many of you know that Tozer's, I, I love to read Tozer, and uh, I, I, some every morning, I, I read a little bit in Tozer every morning, but, but this is what he said. He said, it is, it is a rare church whose members all put their shoulder to the wheel. The typical church is composed of a few whose shoulders are bruised by their faithful labors and the many who are unwilling to raise a blister in the service of God and their fellow man. Here's the deal. God has called you to be a faithful participant in the life of His church. And He has uniquely gifted you to make that happen. So the question then falls to us, church. Am I ready to serve? Am I ready to step forward? Am I ready to say, here I am? Am I ready to figure out how I'm shaped and figure out how I fit in? And there's so many places. Listen, you've heard a couple of them this morning with Trunk or Treat, with with our uh, quilting affinity group that's getting ready to start up. Uh, I've mentioned a couple of things with hospitality and greeting and and uh, over in the in child care area. I think in your, your handout this morning, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's a, an insert. Is this the is this the Atlas insert today? Yeah. Atlas, um, one of our one of the ministries that we support, but it's not the only ministry by any stretch of the imagination. We support support a, a number of ministries and encourage people to plug in and to serve 
in one of those areas. There's just so many. But we're doing it not just to bless them, not just to get blessed. We're doing it to point to Jesus. And so it begins and ends with Jesus. And for some of you this morning, that may be exactly where you need to start. You've heard about this church thing. You've been a part of this church thing for a long time. But it's never really been about Jesus. It's about doing stuff and singing songs and showing up at the right place at the right time on a Sunday morning. It's about putting something in the offering basket or the offering plate when it's passed around. It's about having my name on a roll somewhere. But folks, being a part of church is more than that. Being a part of church is being a part of the body of Christ. That's where it begins. And if you sit here today and you say, you know what, I understand all the work and service and all that stuff, but I've never really begun with Jesus, then that's where you need to begin today. How do you do that? You do that simply by coming to Him, confessing that you're a sinner, acknowledging that He is your only Savior, and choosing to follow Him for the rest of your life. It's not hard, but it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's that big step of surrender. And if you've been kind of on the, on the edge of taking that step for a long time, but you've never stepped out in faith, today's a great day to do it. And we'd love to talk to you what it mean, about what it means to follow Jesus. For some of you, you go, hey, listen, I want to be a part of a church like this. And I believe God's leading me to be a part of a church like this, and you're ready to take that step today. We'd love to celebrate with you that decision. For others of you, it may be a time of repentance where you say, you know what, God, I know you shaped me and gifted me and made me, but I, I hadn't been doing that. And I want a new start today. I want a new beginning. And whatever you call me to do, I want to do. And for others of you, you just need to go sign up. Just, just find somebody and say, hey, sign me up. Let me know what I need to do. I'm there. But here's what you don't want to do. Nothing. Haven't we done that enough? nothing so today however the lord leads you to respond all i ask you to do is to say yes to him let's pray father god we thank you for your word and its truth and its power its meaning we thank you for the challenge that you have given us today and we pray lord that we would accept that challenge and follow your lead no matter where it takes us Thank you, Lord, that you have saved us. Thank you, Lord, that you have gifted us. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us to serve you. And I pray especially for those this morning who are struggling with the decision about following Jesus. They're standing over the edge, right at the edge, Lord. I know that you're not a God who pushes. And so I pray that they might hear your call. And be able to take that leap into your arms today. And find salvation, security, grace, and peace that they've never known before. And so, Lord, however you call us, we're ready to respond. For your glory and for your kingdom.
In Jesus' name, amen.